next guest is a Walter Payton Man of the Year, a two-time Super Bowl champion, and the host of the Green Light Podcast. I want to welcome on Chris Long. Chris, you got one week of football in the books. How excited are you for the NFL season? You know what? I get it. Like, I really get it. This is my third fall, I believe, out of football. Um, and the first two, it's kind of stressful because you're still kind of, like, competitive. And you're like, ah, oh, I could play or whatever. You look at it through that lens. Now I'm like a total fan, dude. I just sit on the couch. I do what y'all have been doing for years, and I get it. Like, I never used to get fantasy football. I never used to get, like, sports gambling like that because I couldn't. Here I am. I'm like an American dad every Sunday. <laughs> what was your biggest takeaway from week one? You know, I was impressed with uh, the two uh, rookie tackles that uh, I took a closer look at the other day, Slater and uh, Sewell, especially Sewell because, you know, he had looked really poor at times in preseason. Uh, you know, they were trying to force him in at right tackle. He's not a right tackle, and there's a big difference. Uh, just like playing edge uh, defensively. I mean, you have a dominant side and it took him two days to look a lot better. I mean, granted, Bosa got him a couple of times, but he looked good in the pass game and the run game. And Slater had a really nice day in L.A. Uh, and it's a good day for the Chargers because, you know, a lot of things you worried about going into the season were, um, you know, protecting Justin Herbert a little bit. Uh, but also you thought this would be a great year for them because they won't lose those games like they lost last year at Buffalo. You know, the inexplicable, what the hell were they doing kind of games. Brandon Staley might improve, you know, upon that. Um, they did all those things and they still won. And they kept Justin Herbert clean. So young tackles played well. I also think teams were aggressive. Uh, teams are playing a lot of zone right now. I was reading about that today uh, as a league-wide trend. Just a fun week overall. And Monday night was awesome. I mean, it lived up to the billing and then some. On that Chargers game, flipping sides, were you surprised how poorly Washington's D-line played? You know, I, I think sometimes when people look at a D-line like Washington's, um, they don't think they could have an off day. Uh, Washington doesn't have – I don't want to make news. I just don't think – I don't think Washington – I think Washington's a more evenly distributed talent-wise talent defensive line than people make it seem. And so, like, when, when you know, I, I like Sweat and Chase Young a hell of a lot. But I don't, I don't see, like, one guy being the, the, the absolutely dominant guy there. And, you know, they, they play off of each other. And, you know, they just couldn't get it going. And, one, and you need one guy to at least be winning one-on-ones. You need one guy to be dominating his matchup in a game like that when the other guys are kind of struggling a little bit. And I think, you know, at first I looked at it and I said, Herbert must have gotten the ball out fast um no those guys did a good job blocking those guys up and uh i think it was 2.6 seconds snap to release which is kind of down the middle it was just a good day and it wasn't washington's and i played on a team that had 50 sacks in a season you know i you know we 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 got buckets every week but some weeks you just don't have it and i think that was that week for washington it's also early in the season it's hard to get in a rhythm for a defensive line early in the season right out of the gate and with Washington, obviously, with Fitz hurting his hip, do you think the season is in jeopardy yet, or do you think Heineke can maybe Heineke's got this? No, I don't think it's in jeopardy. I mean, it's in jeopardy for me as a as a as a fan because I was really excited to see Fitzy like lead a team to possibly the playoffs. I mean, like, I don't care if as a former Eagle, Washington's kind of a you know, it's hard for me. People are like, you must hate Washington, you must hate Dallas. I'm like, yeah, not really. I mean, like, you know, for me. 
I was there two years, and um, you know we beat them a lot. And I'm, you know, Dallas actually beat us some in the regular season, but I, I was really excited to see Fitzy take them to the playoffs. Possibly, I think they're built, uh, and this isn't anything, you know, that provocative, but they're built strong up front. And I like um, I like Gibson, I like McLaurin, uh, you know, even for a hokey, I like the tight end. They have all the pieces. They just need a quarterback that can be good enough. And I thought Fitzy this year uh, would have been the guy. Taylor Heineke was good enough on Sunday. He didn't look like he looked against Tampa, um, but maybe he can get back to that. And if he can, they're an 8, 9, 10 win football team. I don't see this being a huge speed bump for them. It's more of a personal thing. Like, I'm, I'm bummed about Fitzy. And then looking at the so – speaking of the Eagles – um, do you think they were just playing against a poor Atlanta team on Sunday? Or do you think maybe we kind of slept on them a little bit? I think the, the, I think the truth lies somewhere in between. And, you know, uh, I do think Atlanta, although I kind of ran out of NFC teams to pick and I didn't want to make it too chalky on my pod. I was like, yeah, we'll put them in for a wild card. Uh, <laughs> this does not look like that's going to be the case. Now, granted, you could take away, hey, Atlanta looked terrible up front offensively well i also think the eagles d-line is better than the d-line we had in 2017 so i think they're going to be relatively dominant up front um i also think you look at it and say well the eagles offense looked pretty dominant as well and they did at times atlanta's defense is a total grain of salt defense where you got to take it with a grain of salt after a week one so i'm really excited to see how they piece together in the next couple weeks i thought jalen hurts exceeded my expectations in week one you know, like, I'm a fan of the guy. I think, you know, from a leadership standpoint, he's obviously magnetic uh, for guys on the team. He'd be a guy you love to play with. But he's a young quarterback. And last year, how much did you really learn? Like, I, you know, I know a lot of people might act like they learned something. I didn't learn much in four games. I learned certain things, but not enough to say, hey, I'm 100% confident in year two. This was a really good sign. And it was a good sign because I think Nick Sirianni and Jalen have a good relationship. That's obvious. You know, when he put in the game plan, um, you know, it allowed Jalen to sh showcase his skills. And it was also friendly enough to not be too much to ask of him week one. Um, because it's essentially like a new rookie year for him. Uh, yes, he has a lot of reps, but it's a new scheme, uh, a new offense. And I think Nick did a great job, man. So it's, it's a good start. But the truth lies somewhere in between. I don't know how good they are. Uh, we'll find out as they play some better teams. And then looking back at that Monday night game, were you watching the Manning cast? I need to watch it more. Uh, I was kind of watching with no sound. That's kind of how I, <laughs> I like watching games with no sound. I don't know if you, if you ever get into that. I like to watch games with no sound and listen to a little music. It kind of, it's a little bit of a distraction sometimes trying to follow what people are saying on TV. And usually I end up complaining about whatever they're saying on TV. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like it's just, I, I like a little quiet background noise, but the Manning cam, dude, I went on their, I was on their mock, um, their mock thing for it because they, they do practice right before. You, okay. Yeah. You do a new, like uh, show like that. They got to run through a mock game or whatever. And I went on there for like 10 minutes and I didn't want to leave because I just was obsessed with listening to those two talk about football. Like, and I'm like, I just said, I'm a tough critic. Yeah, I'd rather hear somebody do like a live stream dudes on a couch format kind of live watch than the, you know, kind of more stringent. Okay. You got to play by play a color guy. There are rules. 
this thing was awesome, man. So I can't wait to actually watch it and listen to it next week. What about the game itself? Did anything kind of stick out to you? Absolutely. Um, you know, Max Crosby obviously stuck out to me. He's incredible. He's you know unbelievable. I mean? You know, but again, it's one of those things where I, I love Max Crosby. I've, I've been on him, you know, since the beginning. And I thought Mayock did a great job snagging him in like the fourth round. Yeah. You had heard rumblings that he might be the better player even than their top five pick. Um, he just plays vertical and he plays in fast forward. And I love that. Um, you know, he's long. He's got a little Jared Allen in him. And I'm not saying that lightly because he's not Jared Allen. None of us are. I mean, Jared Allen is a one of one. Um, ultimate technician used his length and twitchiness like nobody um, that I saw at the position while I played. Um, he was so creative. Max is more of like a, a rolling ball of butcher knives kind of thing. And I mean that as a great compliment, but a little bit of the same thing. Filling a wave, it doesn't look good. So I don't know if Baltimore has more of an issue up front than the Raiders have a rejuvenated pass for us, but I would lean um, towards the latter. And I think they're gonna be better up front. I think they call it a good game defensively. And Brian Edwards, who <laughs> I've been saying this on my pod, I, was, I hyped him up last year. He was my sleeper offensive rookie oh, wow. of the year pick. He was a sleeper. And then he gets hurt and people give me shit all year. <laughs> and so Monday night was a little bit of a victory for me. At least I've regained my balance on that one. When they let half their O-line, starting O-line go at the end of last year, what were you thinking about that? Do you still think they're, gonna, they're regretting that decision? Well, it's, it's a problem, you know. Um, it is a problem. There were some, some plays on the interior that Baltimore made that I'm like, these plays aren't getting made with such ease. Uh, they beat up the center pretty good. Um, and I don't even look at, at Baltimore as being, like, that elite up front this year. Like, so... They're, they're all the guys are, like, 33 and above. I don't, I don't, and listen... The guy from Penn State was great. I'll give him that credit for that. The guy from Penn State uh, absolutely. Yeah, he really... I mean, he, he really was. Nice counter. And then, and then, obviously, the one thing he can do, we know out the gate, is he can run. So he ran Derek Carr down. Um, I mean, the guy's a gunner on, on punt. So, like, it's just... Monday Night Football, the great thing about it is when you have one of these games that you're not that interested in the two teams, which I am not. I don't think either team is, like, a sure thing contender. Um, and by Monday, sometimes you're tired, like, but I couldn't look away. I just couldn't. And of course that kind of NFL vice grip on, on competitiveness at the end of the game, we had this wild finish and that's why football is king, man. Like we watch sports all year long and, uh, uh the NFL comes back right away and it impresses in, in prime time. Cause I wasn't real high on Tampa and Dallas as a game. Oh, you don't, you don't like the, the opener? I much had much more fun watching that game on Monday night. Um, I don't know why. I think it was less penalties. Um, it was a little less choppy. Um, but that that game was fun. And also Patrick Queen running and hitting Darren Waller. <laughs> I believe it was in the third quarter. Like I got a little goosebumps there. You know, there's not a lot that'll get me off the couch. But that that was uh, that was it. Was football was back that night, and they let people play a little bit. When Gruden said that Waller is the best player he's ever coached, even though some other players he's coached include Derek Brooks and yeah. Warren Sapp, you're like, or maybe this is like kind of heat of the moment thing, or do you think he honestly thinks that? Definitely heat, heat of the moment thing, I would, I would assume, but I don't want to put words in his mouth. Like, I, at first I was like, maybe he meant offensively, and then you remember that he coached Jerry Rice and guys like that, and maybe it was like, well, the best player at the time that he coached them, but I don't know that that's true either. Maybe he meant best tight end of all time. 
you know and and he may well have meant and i don't know if he's answered that since that like he's the best player i've coached at that position sometimes we sh we speak in shorthand you know yeah i mean i don't want to yeah. do the we with me and john gruden like of course <laughs> but you know and in the thursday night game so tomorrow we've got washington's playing against the giants which team are you expecting a bounce back from more washington or or, or with danny danny, danny dimes oh, never yeah. lost to them before so I'm, ex I'm expecting way. a bounce back from Washington. I really am. Like, I don't think they have far to bounce back. I think the D line is going to be pissed off. You know, any any game where you don't, you, you know, kind of they're your they're your lead dogs and they neat last week. They're going to really want to get out there and eat. And it's going to Daniel Jones is going to look like a turnover machine. Uh, everybody's going to be going for that football. I also think there's just so much negative uh in new york right now like you can feel this dark cloud looming over that team you know if you're supposed to be ascending in your first couple years of a program but you can feel like there's an obvious like anchor pulling you down a little bit whether it's joe or whether it's daniel um or whether they've just been missing on some guys like you can feel like they're not doing this you know um and and that can be a very doom and gloom feeling i think the vibe in washington is much more exciting and I think they're the better team top to bottom. So I think they get to win Thursday night. Now, I wanted to ask you, my roommate's one of the biggest fans I've ever met of your podcast. And he said to ask you what color lemon lime Gatorade is. Ah, that's so great. And tell your, your, your roommate, that's awesome. So it's always nice when you hear somebody say they like your podcast, because I always joke that I kind of hate it. I don't know if you ever listen to your own <laughs> podcast, but I can't stand myself and my voice and my stupid takes. So thank you to your roommate. I hope he told you, uh, that it is green because a lemon lime Gatorade is green. It's always been green to me. I think people are focusing more on the uh, the order of uh, the wording, lemon lime. So people are robots <laughs> about it, and they're like, "Oh, it's a yellow Gatorade. It's never been yellow, dude." I had a color expert on. He said it's yellow, but it's also greenish. So it's green to me. And I saw you guys did like a power rankings a couple weeks ago, and one of them jumped out. And I'm really like, "This has got to be a mistake." You like cucumber Gatorade? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, cucumber lime uh, something. I never thought I'd like it, dude. If you get it cold, it's got a massive <laughs> amount of variability. If you get it room temp, you won't like it. But if you get it cold, it's like nectar of the gods. But uh, glacier cherry is my favorite, and I got that in the draft uh, with the second pick. But I got citrus cooler one, lemon lime third, or not lemon lime third. I got the the that questionable flavor we're talking about, and I forget the other one. But I won the draft, no question. You ever heard the one that looks like the Baja Blast? It's not Baja Blast. I forget what it's called. Baja Blast sounds like something that gives you diarrhea at Taco Bell. So I never drink Baja Blast. <laughs> it's just the color. I forget what it's, I forget what it's good. It's like, it's, that color. it's like a light. Taco Bell is making Gatorade. That's their way. But no, no, it's. Yeah. I forget, I forget what it's what called. color is the color of Baja? I'm going to look it up right now. Baja yeah. Blast. Yeah. It's Baja like a lightish Blast. blue. They always have it. They never have it at 7-Eleven, but you can find it. If I'm you seeing want. Mountain Dew now. Baja no, Blast well, Gatorade. They make it. That's their. Yeah, that's their thing. It's like one. They of should the, get they together. Gotta... They should get together yeah. and do like a. Oh, yeah. now Cool Blue keeps coming up. I love Cool Blue. Cool like Blue's. Cool Blue? Yeah, I like Cool Blue. I like Cool Blue. Yeah. It always leaves kind of an interesting taste in your mouth. Because I think I don't know if it's just cool. Maybe it just might just be me. That whole cool like that whole um that whole bracket of like North Pole looking. I'm not yeah. like as high on it as other people, but cool blues. All right. <laughs> by me. Yeah. I want to ask you, I saw, I was listening to your pod from day. I saw you guys are getting a, a PO box. So what kind of things are you expecting coming, coming through the mail? Oh man. Uh, 
it's up to the listeners, man. You know, uh, we were hoping that we just get to unbox like random and cool stuff every week. I, I think people are going to send us some really sketchy shit too, <laughs> which is a little bit of a concern of mine, but you know, uh, surprise us. Uh, I, I'm excited about it. Like how you did put out, we don't want anthrax just in case somebody's like, oh, I know what I'm sending. Like that, exactly. that's a good thing. Good thing to announce. Well, right after and- I said that, I was like, well, Macon's going to open everything. So, uh, <laughs> plant the seed yeah, yeah you got to get like the guy from the, the post office to come on and be like hey i don't know what the hell you guys are <laughs> yeah, asking exactly. people to send yeah that'd be incredible exactly and i want to ask you so um uh water boys so what, can you talk about some of the great work you guys are doing yeah absolutely water boys is something i started you know years ago when i was in st louis um and the mission is to bring clean water to people who need it and we're leaning on fans heavily uh and it's an alliance of like pro football players and you know athletes and influencers that are using their platforms to educate people not only about the fact that there's a ton of people without clean water around the world which a lot of people know but like not only are work in east africa the need is dire uh where we've done probably um about four hundred and fifty thousand people served uh about a hundred large solar powered wells but also here uh domestically um you know a couple million people without clean water in our, in our country, which is pretty hard to believe. Uh, you know, we hear about the Flints, but we also don't hear about the rural areas. Like we do wells in rural Virginia. Um, we've done wells in Texas. Um, we're all over the place. Um, and we're trying to be, we're trying to be domestically minded, also internationally minded because water is a, it's an international issue. Um, and we're really thankful, um, because it changes everything for these people that, that we're lucky enough to be able to help. So, um, waterboys.org is the website people can check it out but um, we also do a lot of educational equity work um, and so that's kind of the main things my foundation deals with is clean water um, and education it's awesome i actually have you brought up influencers i have one i have an idea i don't know if you guys have tried to get but i think it'd be electric have you tried to get the ultimate water boy and get bobby adam, boucher out there yeah adam sandler we've been hunting him we're trying to get adam sandler on the pod i met him one time at uh, the Webby Awards, which is something that uh, that I guess I, I don't know. I had to go. I had to go to uh, and and I and Adam Sandler was there. I'm trying to remember this correctly, but he hadn't heard about Water Boys, but he knew who I was, and I thought that was really cool. And he loved the name of the uh, of the initiative, and so I don't think he felt like it was plagiaristic. I think he was really excited, and he was like, "Maybe we'll do something." You know, like, but it was that kind of like a see you down the road. I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to keep my fingers crossed. No, that would be absolutely electric. And then I want to get, is there one game before I let you go? Is there one game this weekend you got your eye on? Excuse me, you got let your me, eye on? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple of them because I was just glancing at the board earlier. Um, let's see, I'm calling it the board. Um, so you know what that's about. Uh, pausing for one second to get in. Yeah, I'm really excited about Buffalo, Miami. I want to see if Josh can bounce back, you know, against a team that's going to throw a lot at him. Um, I I didn't think he looked right on Sunday, you know, but that could be rust. It could be a lot of other things. I'm going to be glued to every Houston Texans game all really? season, just pulling for the Texans, hoping they just shock the world and David Cully becomes like coach of the year. Um, there's a lot of, obviously, I'm going to watch the Eagles and, and the Niners. Um, but the Rams and Colts, that's going to be a fun one um, because, you know, I do want to see 
if if the Colts can be a little bit more aggressive this week. I didn't think they were aggressive enough last week. That defense looked a little bit underwhelming. I want to know who they are. I want to know who Carson is in Indy. Um, but obviously, the big one's going to be Sunday night, and that's the hardest part. We're going to be recording on Sunday night. We always record on Sunday nights late, which which is always a moving target. But I'm going to have one eye on the game trying to talk about the other ones. That's the toughest one. Um, one last one. What would you would you like how you saw out of Jameis now that he's got 2020 vision? I lo- I, I I love Jameis. I'm really excited for him. Um, and you know, all jokes aside, because he is so charismatic and funny. And like he's become this pop culture fixation. Like he's gone about this thing the right way, you know. Like yeah. he was, he he was a bit of a turnover train wreck, and a lot of a turnover train wreck down in Tampa. I also think that they were asking him to be incredibly aggressive, um, you know. And I think sometimes you look at Bruce Arians, you're like, well, because he's a great offensive coach, he could probably fix any quarterback. Well, that's not true. Like I think Sean Payton is a better fixer because I think Sean Payton's end goal is always, you know, like to take advantage of every little matchup, you know, his, his, you know, who can we be today to beat this team? Um, The Taysom Hill stuff has been, in my opinion, a little bit of a force job, but my, my idea was that maybe he didn't want Jameis to lose confidence late in the year, knowing that he had a plan for him in the future. Um, You know, why throw a guy in the fire for him to repeat the same mistakes? I think if they stay manageable, they can grow into a team with more vertical options as the year goes on. And I don't mean when Mike Thomas gets back. I just mean, because to me, he's not like a take top off defense guy, you know, Callaway and those dudes, like they can get a lot more out of some of these guys you haven't heard of because Sean Payton can, can make them open. You know what I mean? And as long as you don't ask for too much out of Jameis, like we're going to take 20 vertical shots a game, he's going to be fine. And that team is like a, it's the closest thing to New England, in my opinion, right now, in that they just are this really evenly distributed football team that can morph into different things to win each week. It's the kid Jawan Johnson, the undrafted free agent from yeah. Penn State, it's unbelievable. I think he's, yeah. I think I saw because PFF had him like he's like a top five rated tight end this week, and he looked incredible. Like he literally, I was watching some of his college tape, and I'm like, how is this guy not drafted? Well, you know, it's funny. It's the same thing with OA. Well, you know how OA didn't get drafted. There was no sacks, but like, I don't know if the, the Penn State guys or people are down on them. I, I, I was like, dude, I'm not even going to bother trying to pick this guy up off waivers. He's that kind of like fantasy. You know, everybody just rushed immediately, whether it's right or it's wrong. They're like, oh my God, never heard of this guy. You know, I got to add him. So, like I said, New Orleans is going to find a way to yeah. get people open. And when you have a guy that can hurt you underneath, like, like uh, Camara, like you're, you're already at a great advantage. Yeah. Well, seeing Jameis, whenever it happens, when he has his first game winning drive, when all the fans are back at this, at, in, at the dome, it's going to be yeah. electric. Oh boy. I can't, oh I can't boy. wait. I can't wait but, either. But, yeah. But I do appreciate you taking the time to come on to green light pod and water boys. I'll link everything when I post it, but it doesn't mean a lot for you to take the time. I'm, I can't, I'm so happy that NFL season's back. Yes, sir. Me as well. Good talking to you.